everybody. Welcome to the function call. Austin Gill is going to talk about some stuff and I'm Grant. I'm going to listen to some stuff. This is going to be great. You're in for a treat. Is that, is that really the best you could do? I, I thought it was excellent. <laughs> all right. All right. I thought so too. I was just <laughs> confirming, reaffirming that I'm Your surprised. Your ears like, turn green when you're lying. Yeah. Well, no, I was surprised. <laughs> I was surprised. I was like, wow, that, I hope that is the best because I don't know if I could even handle any better. They're glowing now. Yeah. 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 I have glowing ears. Um, yeah, I didn't, I didn't uh, charge my other headphones, so I don't get to use this little doodad. Um, folks on folks that are listening because this is a podcast show don't know what this doodad is. I could be talking about literally anything. But uh, yeah, it's my other like microphone on this. What do you call this thing? I think I'm there's still, a lot I'm of people who do it. podcasts I'm on gaming headsets. It's, it's a thing. Yeah. I mean, it's convenient, right? Because then I can like turn my head over here and over here. And as far as people that are watching the live stream, they're like, whoa, he's moving all around. And people that are listening are like, nope, sounds like they're just in the same spot. I, I can see the utility there. So like when you yeah. go on a go on a run or something. Yeah, because I, uh, I record podcasts a lot when I run. It, you know, not true. But I am standing up today. I'm on my standing Oh, setup. fancy. Yeah, well, anyway, uh, you know, like You're I said. You're supposed to teach me about some some Remix stuff today, right? Yeah, yeah. So we're going to talk about Remix. Um, we're going to talk about a couple of stuff that I've been working on, I guess, lately. Uh, so I have been doing this live stream for a while, and um, I have been uh, working on creating... Uh, essentially like some app that uh, more or less was like designed to interact with a database somehow. So when you're doing database stuff, I mean, literally just about any app needs a database. You don't have to get very far to require a database. Um, but we, you know, I just decided going to do something that's like the essentials are create, read, update, delete, the, the CRUD operations, right? Yeah. So my app is just a piece of CRUD, if you want to think of it that way. Okay. Okay. No? Nothing? nothing? I mean... Really? That's as much reaction as that gets. No. Fine. Whatever. Um, so yeah, it's, it's create, read, update, delete, and it's an app that... Uh, I decided I was going to try some stuff that I had never tried before. Actually, I decided I was going to try some stuff that I had tried before, and then someone convinced me to try things that I was not that I had not, not tried before. So those included, <laughs> uh <-huh>. yeah, those <laughs> included. Uh, Remix was the original technology I wanted to use, and then Prisma was the ORM I chose. Okay. The ORM someone else chose for me. So I was originally going to go with Objection.js, which is something that I've used. And an ORM is like a tool that you use to connect to a database and can write your queries for you so that you're not like writing raw SQL, let's say, um, and just kind of makes it, I don't know, more intuitive in the yeah, programming uh... language that you work in. Yeah, it's like an SDK for your data. Sure. 
That's it. Yeah. Really good to use, explanation. To use another acronym to describe an acronym. Yes. Nice. Mm-hmm. Nice deflection. That was some good uh, explanation jujitsu. Take their force and redirect it somewhere else. Anyway, um, so yeah, I decided I'm going to make an app that lets me, uh, helps me track all of the pets in my neighborhood because I live in a neighborhood with lots of pets. I think we've talked about this before. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Neighborhood with lots of pets. I want to create, read, update, delete them. So I've been doing this with. Uh, with SQL. pets, it's only a soft delete. <laughs> you can't. It's Depends unconscionable. I, you can only take so many turds in the front yard. All right. Ooh. That's. Clean that stuff up, Nancy. I see you. Whoa. Just Call kidding. Outs. I got nice. I got nice neighbors with nice pets. Really nice pets. Scout, Emma. Great. The best. Griffin. Love Griffin. I assume Scout is actually a pet squirrel. Um, nope. Scout is a... I don't even know what kind of dog it is. It's a little gray... It's actually a, a large gray squirrel. <laughs> sure. Why not? Yeah. Um, yeah. So what we wanted to talk about today was Remix. And it gets kind of interesting because there's... Remix introduces... Well, there's a lot of like things that are nice about re when working with remix that aren't necessarily specific to remix itself. So it has a lot of overlapping characteristics with other things like react or the web platform or front end or back end development. Right. And it, yeah, the lines really get blurred to sometimes make you feel like, oh, I'm doing this with Remix and therefore Remix is good, or I'm doing this with Remix and therefore Remix is bad. And in reality, it's these underlying technologies that are actually the culprits. Gotcha. That's really yeah. interesting. I was So I've been writing about, um, about like my history and journey as a developer. Um, I only started doing this a few years ago. So I've been, I've been writing about this and in that kind of writing process is one of the, one of the themes is really uh, learning to kind of discern uh, where I'm actually working, if that makes sense. So you're describing uh, this meta framework remix that, uh, that allows you to interface with all of these different uh, kind of platforms or concepts or whatever. Uh, and in that wrapper, sometimes it gets confusing and you think, well, okay, Remix is doing this thing, but in reality, this is a limitation of some other uh, part of the internet stack in general that you're interacting with through Remix. I see this a lot with people interpreting a behavior of React specifically uh, where they will say React is bad at X, Y, or Z, and it's and it's always like a, a complaint. It's never like, oh, React is awesome because it does this thing that's actually like just native to the web platform. Uh, but like the complaints that I see is always like, this isn't actually React. This it's is JavaScript. This well, or HTML. possibly it's JavaScript or, or it's JSX. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, so it's fascinating. Uh, it, it makes like an, a very interesting uh, uh, metaphor for something else that I've been dealing with, which is 
my feelings, like teasing apart what is the source of this and what is the source of that and what is, you know, the trauma and baggage that I'm bringing in and like, oh, why am I upset today? Is it because I'm hungry or is it because I got pushed around when I was a kid, you know? Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, this isn't going to turn into a therapy session. We'll save that for after the after the call. <laughs> Are you sure? I mean, I'm I'm here, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm here. No, no. It's good. Um, I just thought it was funny. Uh, so, so yeah, the remix thing is is interesting. So, so let's like kind of talk more specifically about that, and not so much the project that I'm working on. Um, okay. So, my experience with remix has been a little bit mixed and i think that's good because i think um it's that it wasn't you do that on purpose is no, that totally no, just like it was just subconscious mixed. it was mixed it was mixed it's mixed it's not even the same word i don't even know what to do with you whatever it's fine don't worry about <laughs> okay. it okay let's move on um so yeah it's like it's a mixed i have mixed feelings because uh yeah i'm starting to see the rough edges right um okay. and i think that that's that's important like I, I, mm, I think people to really to really understand something, you have to know where the rough edges are, right? Because if you're only working in the good part or when it's good, then nothing is perfect, right? Yeah. So, so I'm starting to see those rough edges, and let me like talk through a little bit, try and describe what I think remix is. First off, yeah. So, like you said, I mean, I'm sure that there's people that are listening that have never even heard of remix uh remix is like you said a meta framework that currently is built on top of react now they do want to target other uh frameworks in the javascript ecosystem but essentially it's like sort of a full stack uh meta framework that makes sense it handles it handles both server-side rendering and the client-side hydration of so a would you JavaScript say it's similar project. to like Next.js and gatsby in that fashion or how does it differ from those yeah i would say that uh the closest comparison i would make to it is something like Next.js. okay there are some there are some differences though so okay. um okay cool so you have you have a remix app uh you're gonna run it essentially it's going to do like some, I mean, I'm sure it can do like client side only rendering or like static builds or whatever, but, uh, you're typing something to, oh, <laughs> nice. Um, you know, you can type in the chat, right? I cannot. Oh, it, it literally won't let me. Okay. Well, anyway, well, I was trying to do that without interrupting our <laughs> flow, but Hey Simon. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. It's okay. Yeah. Hey Simon, we got some, uh, live chatters. It's great. Um, so remix. Yeah. Uh, it maybe can do static site generation. I'm not sure, but I think that it's mostly designed. No, I don't think it does static site generation. I think it's mostly, I think it's mostly taking the stance of server side rendering is good. And if you want static site rendering or static site generation, you base the, the platform primitives basically have that built in with caching either at um on a server level or at a browser level or at a cdn level right like you can you can 
send a response that defines cache headers and tells can tell something like a CDN at the edge to say, hey, this is a, a page that doesn't need doesn't have dynamic content. Cache it for however long you want it to be, right? Just like Infinity TTL and, and yeah, then, you can. Then you oh. effectively have the same thing as yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so. You know that's kind of a different approach than what Next.js is taking, where they're kind of trying to do what is it, uh, incremental static regeneration or something like that. Right. Um, but essentially, sort of the same end result, right? Right. You yeah. get a request, you generate it on demand, and then if it's supposed to be uh, something that doesn't change for a while, you can store it in some sort of cache that then gets. Uh, then gets sent to the user immediately for the next user. Um, so, so Remix is supposed to support something like that. Um, but for the most part, their runtime is like a server-side generation tool. And so far, we're still pretty much in the same boat as Next.js as a comparison. Uh, when an app... When a when a request is made to Remix, it uses it falls back to a common practice of what is it file system based routing, where you know you have a root like a routes directory and anything right. inside of the routes directory. If it's an index.js file, that is like the file that's responsible for that route at that folder, or you can have like a folder at like slash about, or, you know, a folder inside of routes called about and a folder inside of that called, I don't know, pizza toppings. Right. And you can basically construct your application routes based on the folders and the files in them. Also nothing particularly new that remix invented there. Um, and they have their own, uh, parameters around there, but this is sort of where it starts to get interesting is um, each of those JavaScript files are most likely JSX files that correspond to route, route endpoints. Um, they're most likely going to export a React component that would represent like a page, let's say. So the about would be your React component that represents an about page. Cool? Pretty straightforward there. And here's where it starts to sort of differ, is that they treat their routes like an API. So rather than uh, the equivalent in Next being something like, you're going to have routes for your pages, and then if you want an API, you can generate like a different interface for your API, like a, a route called like slash API slash users that only returns JSON, right? And then the page that lists the users is like a separate thing mm -hmm. um, that that consumes that API. Remix treats your routes as both the page that generates the HTML and the page that handles like the data fetching for that route. Make sense? Yeah, so this is, I mean, the... The next equivalent for this is like get initial props. Yeah, the server side but, props things exactly. Right. right. Yeah. Um, okay. So so now you have a now when you have a page in Remix that technically is going to fall or be the response to a browser primitive of HTTP request 
the get request, right? If you do a get request, you're going to get back HTML. Um, but they also believe that um, you can use browser-based primitives. They have a strong sense or belief in progressive enhancement. So trying to build on top of the platform, like you just keep on hearing those those two things in the Remix community, progressive enhancement and uh, platform, like focus on the platform, right? So to do that, if you want to build a route that, let's go back to my my example, right? I have a list of I have a list of uh, dogs in my neighborhood that I'm creating. I create a page at slash create. There's a component that is a form, right? To create a new entry. Now, if I make a git request to the slash create route, it's going to return the HTML for that form. Mm-hmm. And if I want to create a new dog, I send a post request to slash create, right? And gotcha. you know I can use that form to submit to its own route. So not like a different API route, it submits to its own route. Gotcha. And and so like I'm I'm imagining building in this um and and a lot of like the developer experience comes down to how we want to like organize these projects. So this I'm assuming is all uh kind of in a single file we're handling excuse me or we're able to handle both the get and post request to this API route that also serves uh HTML ostensibly. Yes, and it actually goes one step further than that, which I'll okay. get to in a moment. Okay. Um, but yeah, you would you could uh, define your so so right now we're we've defined the first thing that we define is the default export is the component itself that's responsible for the HTML, right? So in this case, this example, we're talking about building a form. It's a JSX component that outputs a form, and then in that same file, we export a function called the action an action function. That's the that's the function that is responsible for handling any post request that comes to this route. Okay. 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 So now you have two exports. One is the default, one is a named export. And the action is interesting because uh, it's slightly different than um, how you might design other APIs because, because we're working with browser primitives, you really only have two sort of HTTP methods you can work with, get and post. So you don't get something like delete or patch or put, anything like that, right? Um, that's one of the sort of kind of weird things about it. And that, and again, when we're talking about what is the cool stuff, what is the weird stuff, how am I teasing this apart, that's actually something that's more specific to the to the web platform and not to Remix. Remix embraces the platform. Therefore, when they say uh, you should build your API to only support post requests, it's not because they don't believe delete or put or patch is good. It's because they say progressive enhancement is good. And if you want to support progressive enhancement, you work on top of what the platform provides. The platform doesn't provide put patch delete, you know, so provides get and post. So as far that, as the browser specifically is concerned, yes, is that what you're talking about? Cause yes. I mean, HTTP itself obviously supports these other things. That's, that's Correct. maybe where I'm getting confused. Okay. Correct. Yes. The platform being the browser. Gotcha. Okay. I mean, we're talking web, so web browser. 
Um, so, so where am I going next? Uh, so we have this data that we're sending and, um, it's being sent as a post request. Okay, cool. We handle that uh, in the handler that we export. That's where we might do some database stuff, uh, do some validate, make sure that the the new pet that we're creating data looks good, and then um, if it looks good, we update it into the database, and then we can do something like take the response and return it as JSON. So. You know, in in a uh, a regular post request, that wouldn't actually be very helpful. Um, but uh, in Remix, this is where Remix starts to do some remixy stuff that I'm actually going to circle back on here in a moment um, when we talk about data loading. So now we've created our our pet, right? The form is submit the form is submitting uh, to the same route that it exists. You define the handler for that action in the uh, in the same file, or you could define it in a different file and import it, right? Um, but you do have to export it as a named export. That's one of the remix conventions. Uh, and, and then you have essentially the new data that you've created. Okay, cool. We've got our gets and we've got our posts. So now let's go back to, we have a list of pets, right? And on, let's say on the homepage, we have the, this new component. On the homepage, we want to show the list of all the pets. Well, we need to actually fetch that data, right? And this is where my knowledge of Next.js is not clear. Um, so I don't know if Next, I mean, I'm sure Next kind of does the same things, but because this is server rendered and because you also want this aspect of like not just server rendering. Um, you want we we want to talk about hydration. Actually, before we before we talk about hydration, what have we built so far uh, with Remix right now? We've ba we've basically like recreated PHP, right? Yeah. Like we have server side yeah. rendering, which is great. Uh, we've had it forever in all sorts of different languages, right? Uh, you have you have a, some software that can provide some sort of templating. In our case, uh, Remix is using react for the templating cool mm -hmm. that's good but that's a react thing that's not a remix thing mm -hmm. and then remix is doing some server-side rendering which is more of like a node thing not really not really a remix specific thing um oh, and it's probably actually a react render to string under yeah. the hood um, um, yeah, unless sure. they've decided to go their own way and do some really hard stuff that they probably haven't done Sure. The point right. being that uh, using React to render HTML on the server and then send that to the client is not something that makes this this tool stand out. Okay. Right. Um, and we basically have that with with PHP or any other sort of server side scripting language. Um, and we have, you know, generate HTML, receive post requests. That's all HTTP. That's all built into the browser. So nothing special there either. Mm -hmm. uh, so where it starts to get special, where where JavaScript, server-side JavaScript, and these tools like Next.js start to differentiate themselves from tools like PHP or, you know, like Laravel or 
whatever other framework in written in different languages is that you have JavaScript running on the client side and the server side. Therefore, you get the benefit of writing the same language uh, for both server and client. And you can get this idea of hydration where I can generate HTML on the server. And as part of what I send to the client on that initial request is a request for the JavaScript bundle. So when that page downloads, all the HTML kicks in, it, go, it says, oh, we've got a JavaScript file, let's go get that. It goes and gets that, and then that takes over for the rest of the application experience. What does that mean? It means when you navigate between pages, you're not actually doing like the whole server round trip where the browser you know, gets a new URL, reloads the page, makes a request for the HTML, the, browser has to download the entire HTML document, including header and footer and things that don't generally change between pages. Right. You're using JavaScript to, to just client side routing, client side routing. Yeah. Right. Okay. Even, even this, like that's actually really, really cool. Um, but even this is not something that is unique and special to, to remix. So, and again, I think that next JS probably has, probably has this built in, right? Server-side render, and then on the client, client-side rendering takes over. Yeah, depending on how you use Next, it can do that. It doesn't behave that way if you do uh, like a static export. Uh, but that's, I, okay. I don't think most people are doing that. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so, so let's get into another topic that actually is specific and unique to remix, at least in, in the approach. So now we're back on the homepage. We have a list of dogs that we want to show. Uh, where is that data coming from, right? Because, because we have this, uh, because we have this paradigm where that data has to both be rendered on the initial request on the homepage, but also on the client side, we have to fetch that data. It, because if we navigate from a different page using client side navigation, we're gonna go to that homepage and we still need to get that data from somewhere, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, Remix has this concept of loaders. And this is the third export that you do in your route component. You have your component template, you have, if, you, if you're going to handle any actions on this page, you have the action export. And then you have this loader. And the loader is kind of interesting because it's also something that is server-side data. So I can say my loader is going to go to the database, grab this information. You can't do that on the client side because you don't have access to the database on the client side, right? So it actually defines the data fetching logic and then it returns that data as part of this function. And then the next question is, well, how do I access that data from within my component then? And their solution is to use a custom hook. And this is where you get into the remixy thing, is just by having this hook and this loader function defined, I have a way to access the data on the server side when the page is first requested, and then also, when that client-side routing kicks in, um, I, I actually haven't inspected the response, but it's either generating that HTML also on the server and swapping it on the client-side uh, routing. So, okay. So or, got, hold on. Yeah, or or yeah. it's or it's either 
on server side, it's generating HTML, and on client side, it's generating um, like JSON for for JSON yeah. uh, responses, and then using that JSON to populate the component. So we've got within a route a default export, which mm -hmm. is essentially like the React component that ends up down the line. Yep. We have an action named export, which mm -hmm. is the behavior of the endpoint if we post, post to a it. post request. Post request, right? And then we also have a, what's the other named export? The loader. The loader, which is the behavior of the client, which if this, if this component needs data on the client, it provides that data via a custom hook. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, presumably, so you, presumably, so you, de you define it. So this is uh, like in in like Redux land. This would be um, like your whatever store slice logic uh, to like format data coming from. In in Redux, it's all client side store, and then you have like yeah. some async fetching logic. But in this one, it does some magic. Or it, so like this is this is something that. That's really interesting because what you're dealing with is, like you were saying, all of these different platforms uh, are involved. But Remix, it sounds like, is very much build tooling that allows you to seamlessly blend those together in a developer experience. Yes and no. Oh, no. Because, okay, so here's, here's the sort of missing piece. Here's where we actually get into... What is what is the slice of the pie that belongs to Remix, right? Because so far we've talked about uh, making get and post requests. That's on the platform, and then we've talked about like server side generating some server side generating the initial view, right? That I'm going to give that to Node, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, and then we've talked about, and we've also talked about like templating, right? And that that's like React. Like we'll do that React and Node whatever on the server side right. uh, on the client side we've got javascript or client side javascript and react for like right. rendering and even even uh routing like client side right. routing yeah. so so where where like what what makes remix special here is that it they actually what makes it what makes it special i think that the thing that they've got right so far is that they actually create the conventions and the tooling for uh, s sort of like blurring the line between server and client side. Meaning I have one component that essentially uh, for, for, my, for my sake as a developer, I'm creating one component and Remix is consol or like separating that into two, but making it feel like it's one, right? Because you have the client side behavior, you have the server side behavior. Technically, those are completely different, but because Remix is there and like it's sort of this glue that sits in between, as long as you follow their conventions, it uh, it it consolidates that into one experience for you as a developer. And what does that like consolidates it into one experience mean? It means that on the server side, you you generate uh, your 
server-side rendered HTML, and then on the client side, you generate JSON and only populate the component that's being loaded there. Right? Right. Yeah. So something that you're, so like as you're kind of describing this, uh, I decided to just go look at Remix's package JSON and like, like what actually are they doing? How is this working behind the scenes? Um, I mean, like it is a large project. It's complex. I know some of the, some of the folks, uh, working on this, uh, a lot of them are local in San Diego. This is going to be a difficult thing to like parse out. Um, they're clearly doing a lot of they, like they have Cheerio, Cheerio in this, which is like, are you familiar with Cheerio? Yeah, it's like a, it's like a virtual DOM parser that yeah. allows you to traverse like a virtual DOM. So you bring up a lot of really interesting questions about where these things belong. Um, the question I'm going to pose back to you is, does it matter? Um, does what matter? Does it matter where they belong or does it matter if yeah, it makes like, a difference? Like who owns it? Does that really matter? Uh, I mean, n yes and no. Yes. In that, if you're going to make, if you're going to have an opinion about a technology, you should know what, uh, what, where those opinions are coming from, right? Attributed to the right thing. So if this is like, in theory, uh, a uh, remix is made up of like partly platform, partly node, partly react, um, partly not even any one technology, but concepts that also exist in other technologies, like uh, folder based routing, right? If I love folder based routing, that's not unique to this thing, right? So that's not no, that's the, like the that's platform not the, default. Yeah, it's not the differentiator, right? Yeah, it's PHP has it. <laughs> well, like, it's not. It's not even PHP. Like this is just how servers work. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like yeah. by default, to a large degree, if you just serve a folder, like this is the behavior that you get, right? So, yeah. uh, so on one hand, like my question is, does it matter? And and like I would tend to agree with you that it probably does matter to understand. Yep. Yeah. Also, the debug. Oh, oh, good God. Yeah, like the, the nightmares that could come from from problems spanning all of these systems. Like, yeah, yeah that's that's bad. But but also like one of one of my problems uh, and, and like I was talking about, like I'm I'm in the middle of writing about my history and path as a developer. Uh, developing this understanding has been something that's that's uh, served me very, very well to understand, like, where does this problem exist? Is it in JavaScript? Is it in, you know, is it in the platform? Is it, uh, you know, part of some framework I'm working or some library that I'm, that I'm working with. Um, but also some of my favorite libraries, pieces of code, technologies, whatever are very simple pieces of what we might call spaghetti code that just makes it work together. Right. Yeah. And automatically. It, kind of sounds like this is so like Gatsby and next have have evolved into something similar but their original intent specifically Gatsby's original intent was to very much mimic Drupal that's where 
Kyle, the original author of Gatsby, comes from is, is Drupal land. And so like mimicking that kind of PHP behavior that you keep bringing up like was the intent. <laughs> I mean, PHP is great is, you know, the fun, the, the irony uh, of living in the JavaScript uh, sound chamber or echo chamber is that like, you know, PHP is the butt of a lot of the jokes, but at the end, like PHP is super dominant and we're it's looking been for working. parody. Like, yeah. It's been, it's been working great for a long time. <laughs> we've made it y'all. We've, yeah. we've reached we've, PHP parody. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Okay, so I, I want to get back to, to the remix thing, right? Because you, you do bring up a good point as far as uh, understanding the differences or like why does it matter who's responsible for what? And, yeah. and so far, I'm not, I haven't actually said anything that's like uh, much of a selling point for remix. At least if I was listening to this, I'd be like, okay, yeah, that's kind of cool, but it's, I'm not going to drop my stack. Well, and so no, well, this, I, don't, right? I don't even know. I think you may have already made some selling points there because my interpretation of this and I may be jumping to conclusions or. or well, you also have some familiarity with three mix, right? Like you're not coming from. Not really. OK. Like almost <laughs> none. <laughs> OK. Yeah. But I, I think already having a way to stitch all of that together uh, with little overhead and that just works when you yeah. deploy it, uh, which is a lot of what I'm seeing in their package JSON and a, like a lot of their packages and scripts are around making sure that it works in various deploy environments. Yeah. Yeah. And it is, it is uh, going to be like edge native support, which is cool. Yep. I see cloud um, for Cloudflare workers. Yeah. Like we've got some edge stuff going on here. Dino, I think probably. Yep. Um, yep. So, uh, it, it, it's cool technology. I do want to come around to some of the downsides and some of the downsides. Well, let's do that now. Uh, yeah. No, no, no. Let's let's let let me finish the 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 thing that I think sets. Oh, can I validate? Apart. Can I validate an assumption that I made? Yeah. So, so you had mentioned kind of vaguely before, like, oh, uh, progressive enhancement and forms and JavaScript uh, when it reaches the client and this sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Does that mean when I write a form using their APIs, like I, I know they have some very specific form building packages for React, right? Yes. Yeah. You, you use their libraries for that. Does that automatically give me that progressive enhancement experience? Uh, I'm not sure what you mean like are you are you saying about can you use other form building library like react no 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 no, no, no. Okay. i'm saying when i use their form building library within remix run and i have it connected through their kind of specific named exports we've got mm -hmm. the the client behavior the server behavior we've got the uh the custom hook that comes from that other export right so yeah. like we've we've arranged it all in this remixy kind of way is the behavior that i get on the client progressive enhancement uh well yes but that has nothing to do with remix what you've described has no nothing no, no to it do absolutely it. does right well hold on no yes and no um if you add a form to your page uh it's going to behave like a native html form so in, even if it's in a remix app you add the form it's going to behave like a like 
the platform wants it to, which means by default, it sends a Git request to the current route unless you change the method to post, and in which case it will send a post request to the current route. Or right. you could ha- or you could define an action to say, no, I want you to send this Git request or post request to one of these other routes. Presumably, you have one of those routes defined, and in that route, you have defined your action. Right. Okay. Um, so it will do it will do that by virtue of the platform and the fact that it's like route based or file system based routing and you have these actions. Right. So yes, that will work. Now, when you're saying the progressive enhanced part of things, uh, maybe you mean like, will it use JavaScript to submit that form instead? The answer is no by default. So if you use an HTML form, it will use a native HTML form, which is actually what what they mean by embracing the platform. Like they don't want to introduce any breaking things to what is already there. And anything that's there that is already defined, they will actually use that and enhance upon it. So okay. um, this does get me to one of the next uh, one of the next points that I wanted to make was this like progressive enhancement thing is they do have a form component that you can import and you can use as essentially a drop-in replacement for native forms. And if you use their form, then what it will do, and this is the thing that is Remix, and this is something that you can do with JavaScript or React on your own, but they like do this for you, is they will repl- they will basically give you a form component that is a drop-in replacement for HTML form. It outputs a native HTML form, but it has the event listeners attached to it that will submit that form for you using JavaScript. So that is that progressive enhancement. So you don't get the page refresh. So you do get gotcha. sort of what you're asking for, right? Right. Okay. Uh, which is one of the cool things. And... Um, the other cool thing about it is when they submit a form, they actually do two requests. If it's a post, they actually mm-hmm. do two requests. One is the mutation, which is the post request that sends the data. The other one, and this is one of the things that is that sort of, I'm going to come back to that sort of glue that blurs the edges between server and client, mm-hmm. is that they will send that request for you so your user gets a nice experience of I click, I don't have to wait for a browser refresh, it's actually using JavaScript to send it, and then they actually also follow up with the loader for that route and refetch whatever data was required for that route, and they do the hot swap of uh, essentially re refetching the new data for that route and repopulating the current view. So when you hit when you hit save, like let's say you you add new data, right? We're on a we're looking at a, one of the pets, right? And I have a form that lets me change the pet's name, and on the page is the pet's like name in H1. When right. I change the pet's name and hit save, it's not only going to send that request for me, but it's going to rebuild the parts of the page that are affected by the new data. Okay, so let me let me let me jump in here. I I have made some weird mental leaps around this idea. I don't know how ingrained it is with whatever data persistence layer you have going on, right? Like So the data persistence generally happens on the back end or on right. the server. Yeah. Right, right. So how aware is it so if there is a piece of data that is updated in one route, let's say my address phone number for user information, mm. um, and I update that in one route, but that is impacted across 
two or three other different views as I go to them? Has it also uh, like regenerated uh, or, or rerun the actions for those uh, well, routes so that so that they can be like preemptively cached or, or is uh, that like, okay, I see what you're saying. Um, right. I, I, well, they wouldn't, be preemptively cached like nothing is preemptively cached right because it's again sort of the browser primitive that's like you don't cache some you don't push something to a cache you wait until someone gets there then if it is going to be cached i haven't i actually haven't gotten to the caching story yet so okay. i can't i can't answer too much of that question but essentially any data that you define in your loader for that route would mm -hmm. be what that route needs and therefore uh if you you, they also have this idea of nested routes, and I haven't gone down that far either. But you could okay. theoretically have like nested elements that are within part of the same like page. Um, oh, okay. right. So you could have like a dashboard view with a sidebar, and then inside of that dashboard, that's like one view or that's, that's like one route. But then inside yep. of that dashboard is like an invoices page, and then part of that is like, I don't know, like a different tab inside of the invoice is like, yeah, this is, this has been like a, yeah, this has been like a yeah. react router feature for, for a long time. Michael Jackson. Has, yeah. And he's the, you know, they're the it's people really behind interesting Remix, stuff. So. I've, I've never used routes in that way to, to like build modular UI using yeah. the route that way. But it is like, I can see it being really useful. Yeah. So and, that's interesting. I haven't taken myself too far down that route, but, um, <laughs> route um <laughs> see why i can't i can't ever tell if you're doing it consciously yeah, yeah. or unconsciously that was un that was unconscious but i i caught it so then I, and you're still proud of yourself like yeah there you go um okay so i want to i want to because because i'm gonna have to wrap up on time here pretty soon and i want to yep. touch on this this sort of um last feature that i think is is worth highlighting is that they have this concept of transitions and a transition is essentially a transition between state mutations. Now keep in mind that most of the state actually exists on the server. So what, what corresponds with those transition events or those mutations are any time that you make a get request or a post request. And those correspond with any time that you navigate between two pages or you submit a form. So they actually give you access to this transition context. And I use that word context deliberately because React has this idea of context, right? Where I can define context at the root of my application and then some component way down the hierarchy of components can uh, subscribe or inject that context, have access to that context. Mm -hmm. So Remix, that's like, I still, I still don't fully understand if that's the mechanism that they're using, but that's the closest thing. That's, that's the best guess I can say is that they have this idea of, uh, transitions and these transitions basically watch your application for any time. It's going to make one of these transitions between either a page by navigating or, mm. a or, a, or like a state transition by submitting a form. And you can actually kind of subscribe to those transitions and mm. watch what sort of transitions they are. So there's four stages to a transition. There's before anything actually happened. There's like 
as, as it's happening, after it's happening, and then back to like an idle state. And I don't know them off the top of my head, so just consider it that way, right? But these transitions also give you access to things like uh, if it's a form submission and you want to see the state, like you want to check that the, the you want to show the UI based on like if it's just sitting there doing nothing, cool. You can show UI of just like the form, right? And then mm -hmm. you click save and you say, oh, well, while the user is waiting for that request to come back, I want to show the button, either disable it or show a spinner or something like that. You can actually tap into the state of that transition and check if the form is currently in like a pending state or loading state or whatever, right? right. Um, and they actually give you even more details. So you can do what's called optimistic UI, where yeah. if I know if I know that this request, if it completes, I know what the data is going to be. So if I'm looking at a page that's a dog and its its name is misspelled, right? I can edit that dog. I can hit save. And instead of waiting for that request to come back before I update the page, I can just say, cool, once the user hits save, I can see the state of the, tra the transition and I can access the data from that transition, which is the form data, right? So I can yeah. take the data off of that. I can update what the dog's name is using set state or you know local local state to that component mm -hmm. i can say hey use a set state and we're going to show the default value of the set state is whatever we initially get back from the server um, and then when we make this transition we're going to change the set state value to whatever was submitted with the form and then that's all cool and and then you can load a spinner while it's spinning while it's loading or whatever or just or just uh, or just rely on the optimistic UI. And the cool thing about this song and dance that remix does where again on these transitions or when you submit a request and it goes to the server and it gets the data or like sends the mutation but then that second request fetches the new data and it consolidates back to the UI, what the, what the state is according to the server. If the request experiences an error, it will automatically fall back to the original state. So whatever's fresh on the server. So you don't get this, you don't get this weird inconsistency where maybe you've used optimistic UI, but your network request failed. And therefore mm -hmm. what you're seeing on the UI is actually different than what's on the server. Um, and if it succeeds, then the optimistic UI just like reflects what's already going to be the next state of the application anyway. Yeah, I'd be very curious what they're using for a lot of this. Yeah. So, you know, I think one of the one of the, one of the the biggest things that they do is actually mostly around convention. You know, follow these conventions, and because they've they've prescribed specifically what a loader is and what an action is, and how you use the platform and whatever, um, that right. allows them to also create these tools that are available to, for you to make your app even nicer. So now we've gone beyond the the benefits of PHP to uh, what is it? The hybrid hybrid apps where you have JavaScript powering both backend and front end and you have that hydration that like says build it on the server and then once it's on the client, uh, the client side will take over and do the routing and do the Ajax requests and stuff like that. And we've gone beyond that because uh, 
uh, Next.js had that as well. But we've gone beyond that to uh, Remix also handles these form submissions for you nicely. It handles that consolidation of or reconciliation of changes to the back end that also need to be reflected on the front end. Like it just kind of takes care of that for you. Um, and also like state transitions, things like that. So it's interesting. It's good. Um, there are some things that are not so good. So we can talk about that now before we finish up one. Okay. Yeah. Like, or do you have any questions right now? So like, yes, I have so many questions, <laughs> but, but the issue comes down to like, well, uh, why wouldn't I, I, so I want to know how some of this is done and I'm, I'm trying to dig into their, their code base a yeah. bit while we're talking and it's, uh, so, yeah. it's not at all what I would expect. Like they're not using some off the shelf state management. Like they have built something bespoke that allows for that, uh, that sync to happen, which isn't shocking knowing who's, who's building this, but it's. That's a huge undertaking. Yeah. To not like throw mob X or something like that at this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you know, again, the cool thing about this, at least what I think is cool is when you build it following their, you know, best practices and principles, um, it's going to work even if you disable JavaScript, right? So everything like that concept of progressive enhancement, if JavaScript does fail or the user has a crappy connection or some sort of, uh, browser extension that blocks scripts, like it's just going to work the way the platform works and your API is still going to work because, you know, that's like the server side thing. Okay. Um, so it's cool. Any other questions? Okay. So where I've found the edges, one, uh, it's a new tool. So um, some of the things that they actually handle for you are super cool. Like I found that uh, uploading an image was surprisingly easy because handling image uploads in Node is like, it's not easy. And they have some built-in tools that are like server-side uh, tooling or whatever that lets you just describe the, you know, tell tell the tell the application where you want to store those files or if you want to use some third party where you want to store them. And mm -hmm. then it just handles like naming the file for you, uh, puts it there and then gives you whatever an object, like the data around what the file, the file details are. Uh, and I was like, that's cool. Like I don't have to write that to disc myself. Awesome. Problem with that. Uh, it's literally called unstable file upload or something like that <laughs> for okay. good reason, because I updated, uh, from, version 1.4 to 1.6 and my application stopped working and it stopped working like profoundly. So, um, actually not, not even profoundly in a way that it blew up profoundly in the sense of, it was actually kind of a subtle thing that was completely broken, but it didn't blow everything up. So mm -hmm. I, you know, it took me a while from after the upgrade to actually like test this one thing in the app, the, the file uploads. And it's like, why isn't, why isn't the, the pet name changing? Like I didn't even include a file, you know, I don't know. So that it's like, there's, there are some things that I think that they're, that that's a, that's an issue that goes away with time. Right. I think that yeah. they have a good team uh, of smart developers and I think that yeah. they're good at API design, which is the important thing, right? The developer mm -hmm. experience. 
Uh, number two is also a problem that will probably go away with time, uh, is there, well, some of the documentation is not up to date with those changes, but their documentation is really not great at telling the whole story around um, deployments. So they have a CLI that can set up the project for you and can ask you questions like, hey, where do you want to deploy to? And that's a that's a really big question to answer when you're just like scaffolding a project. You're like, I don't know, that fly, Netlify, Vercel, uh, right. you know, Express, uh, VPS, whatever. Um, so they recommend like this like VPS option, right? Or like they're, they're sort of the one that's tailored for VPS. But then the story after you're actually ready to deploy your app and you say, oh, maybe I want to deploy somewhere else is like, cool, go ahead and rerun that uh, the CLI, like the, the scaffolding CLI, and yeah. then copy over whatever files to your project are different or whatever, something like that. Mm, um, okay. And there's, and, you know, as far as, okay, let's say you go the happy path and you decide one that's like, I want to, I want to deploy to Vercel. And by the end of your project, when your project's ready to deploy, you actually like, yeah, I'm still cool with Vercel. Let's do it. Um, that's fine. But if you decide something like a VPS, there's like nothing on how to do that. Fortunately, I'm doing it. Uh, the app, like I just got it launched today. It was cool. Um, but it requires like, you know, you either got to go like a Docker route or you got to go and like copy your code into VPS and then use, uh, what is it? PM two and then get some reverse proxy and something like that, you know? So I'd, I'd be curious if, uh, if somebody from that project wouldn't want to know more about that and deal with some of the rough edges. Um, I'm, I'm sure they are. I mean, they, they have like a, they have like 180 issues open on GitHub right now. So they've got their hands full. <laughs> okay. Uh, cool. Well, with that, um, I don't know. Any more questions from you? Uh, I think there are some folks here in the chat that we could maybe take some questions from if anyone yeah. has any. Um, in the meantime, we do generally go at the end of the show to a section um, that I kind of want to rename again and just be like, I want it to be more like appreciations, you know, it was shout outs, which is appreciation uh, or the gratitude hour. Okay. Gratitude a minutes. Whole you know? hour. A whole hour. We're going to spend another 60 minutes yeah. on just yeah. what we are grateful for. Yeah, let's hear let's hear some things that you. I mean, yeah, shout it out. You know, whatever. You got something, or uh, should I go first? Um, no, I'll go ahead. Uh, okay. I I like if we're just talking gratitude. Um, I have not been at work like in earnest for probably a month. Um, I've been taking some time off, and oh, I didn't know. I'm that. really grateful. Uh that I mean, for the most part, I'm, I'm back now as of this week. Um, and there are some things that definitely need attention. Um, <laughs> but they've, they've been incredible, uh, about giving me, you know, the, the space that I need to deal with some family stuff that's, that's been going on. So, Oh yeah. 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 Being, being able to, uh, to take time off and, and not really, worry about it and not get like constantly pulled into stuff um 
Yeah, I've, I've got a pretty good team around me. It's good. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, yeah, I'm glad that you got to uh, take some time off and deal with some of that stuff. I know that we talked about a little bit outside of this. So um, I am going to take one question that we got from the chat. I'm going to ask you it to re- you, too. You, you. I can't, can't resist, resist that one. That's good. What are your thoughts on bun? Ooh. Uh, so I can't grow one. I mean, it just, it, it won't happen for me. You can't grow one. Oh, a like bun. a man bun. Yeah. <laughs> I'm doing yeah. a you joke. Okay, yeah. Well, I was like bun, 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 bun. Yeah. Um, bun. Uh, I mean, it's too early for me to have any opinions about it. Like, it sounds like a super blazing fast drop in replacement for node. Yeah. Okay. Sign me up. Right. Um, I don't think it's going to be that simple. Uh, I think that it sounds like they have some really cool ideas built in that's going to, you know, I don't even think it's supposed to be a drop in replacement for node. I think it's going to have NPM support and have several of the popular node APIs, but I, I don't it's think it's more than to... that. It, 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 it has a lot of, uh, kind of batteries included APIs yeah. as well, Yeah, which yeah, seems a lot really of... neat, but like, I, it, just like Deno, anytime somebody wants to go non-standard, it, I think node will continue to set what the standard is and there will be people who will prefer these like non-standard runtimes and that's great. It will push node to continue to grow and and better itself. I think it will serve that way. I probably yeah. am not going to stray from, even though I would love to have like native TypeScript support and all of this kind of stuff, uh, like the universality of, of node um and the stability kind of yeah. kind of has me locked in i'm not i'm i'm probably not going to try it for like a year I'll put it that way um <laughs> i'm curious i want i want to try it but boy i have so much other stuff that's like node's been around for so long and works and works great like i don't honestly for my things i don't need something that is any faster like node is fast node is super fast um, mm-hmm. so that, that selling point is like not super important for me. I don't use TypeScript. That's fine. Um, so I'm pretty happy. I'm with glad you I'm finally at. admit that. Yeah. No, I mean, I do yeah, I use TypeScript. Anyway, I'm going to give, I'm going to give my appreciation for, uh, watermelons, summertime watermelons. Mwah amazing delicious we have like a perfect watermelon in the fridge right now i'm just gonna go crack it open again uh after this and uh do you just like slice it in half and like open it up eat some with a spoon i used to do that back up i live with other people now i'm not allowed to do that but i used to do that i would make i would do like a whole meal out of half of a watermelon with just a spoon and i'll tell you what don't do that (laughs) not good for your belly uh that's all i'm gonna say um oh, also uh appreciation for the latest season of stranger things is pretty good yeah we pretty just good. finished that last episode it destroyed me as a human being yeah don't tell me i'm 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 on the second to last so okay okay really it holds up i'll yeah, just say that it's good 
Cool. Well, that is the show. Uh, thanks, Grant, for hanging out, as usual. Thanks for listening to me yap, yap, yap about uh, this thing that I'm kind of excited about. And, uh, you know, yeah. And thanks, everyone, for that uh, hung out in the chat and was on the show. Uh, we are going to take a couple of minutes after we stop recording to hang out with y'all. And all of you people that are listening in on the podcast, love you. Leave us a review. Come back. Tell your friends. And uh, maybe catch a live show sometime, all right? Cool. We'll catch you next time. Bye. <laughs> there it is. Thank you.